0: Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of the Holy Spirit, that as your scriptures are read and your word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. So our first reading is noted as an epistle reading. um, It is part of the New Testament. I'll be reading from the book of Acts from the 19th chapter, verses 1 through 7. You're welcome to use the Pew Bible. The page number has been marked if you'd like to follow along, or you can simply listen or follow on the screen. Hear now this word from the Bible. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul passed through the interior regions and came to Ephesus where he found some disciples. And Paul said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? And they replied, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then Paul said, Into what then were you baptized? And they answered, Into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with a baptism of repentance telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Altogether, there were about twelve of them. Our second reading comes to us from the gospel according to Mark from the first. 1st chapter, verses 4 through 11. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. This is the living word for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God for it. Amen. Pray with me. Gracious and holy God, thank you for the gift of Scripture. Thank you for this account of the baptism and the way Jesus modeled it for us, the way John did it for those who came to the river and and Paul who continued to teach what it meant to be baptized. Today, as we hear the scripture and we recognize this all on Baptism of the Lord Sunday, remind us of what it means to be claimed by you, to be your beloved, to seek your, your please response to us, that you are proud of us and do not forgive or do not forget or forsake us. We do receive your forgiveness. Help us wrestle with this today. We pray this, that the words of my mouth and the collective meditations of our hearts will be pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So apologize for my fumbling words, my goodness. Um, and, And I think there's a lesson there that our prayers don't have to be perfect that God knows what it is that we need to say. And sometimes our brains work and our mouths don't always sync up. Am I right? It's kind of the same as seeing my new little puppy, Millie, running and her front legs and her back legs aren't necessarily synced. And so she'll stop with her front legs and then her hiney will swing around or, you know, kind of like a jackknife, you know, swing around. But anyway... um, There is no need to be perfect with what we say, just that we come with a spirit of humility and humbleness to be present with the Lord to receive grace. So what does this mean for us? So probably, chances are, it would have made more sense if I had read them in the reverse order, right, chronologically. Um, If I had read the gospel according to Mark first, because here we are introduced to John the Baptist and also... To Jesus, and then we hear the voice of God. So, for those of you who are familiar, John and Jesus are cousins, right? Elizabeth was pregnant with John when Mary went and spent time with her upon receiving the annunciation that she was going to bear the Son of God right? So they were family, they were connected, and at some point in their lives, Jesus and John were separated into different communities. Jesus was working as a carpenter um, in Nazareth, learning the trade, and John was in um, a different community that practiced spiritual disciplines, kind of like um, a a monastery, right? So the rhythm of life was different. And we always think about how different John was because he wore clothing made of camel hair and he ate, what, locusts and honey. His diet was different Um, And we know that he was set apart, and it was John who was going to proclaim the coming of Jesus. That is part of what our season of Advent is, is this pronouncement that the Messiah was coming, and and John was inviting people to come to the water. And if we read some of the other gospel accounts, we hear about how um, there were those already in religious communities who were coming down, and John was calling them out because they were doing it for show and not necessarily for for the restorative purpose that John was offering it to the people. I mean, we hear this, the brood of vipers, why are you here, right? Um, And so John is offering a baptism with water, with the purpose of those who were coming to the water to confess their sins, to seek absolution from those. But he was also very mindful to say, this is not the complete baptism that you need. This is part of what you need to do, but you will fulfill the purpose of a full baptism when Jesus comes and baptizes with the Holy Spirit, right? And then we see it modeled to us that Jesus comes to John at the river and says, baptize me. And we hear this in a different uh, gospel account that John's like, I'm not worthy to baptize you, and Jesus still says, baptize me. And when he comes out of the water, we hear the voice of God and see the spirit like a dove alighting upon Jesus. And we hear that God is well pleased. This is my son. Listen to him. Right? So we know this. And, and we see it and we witness it um, But Jesus is modeling what it means to begin a life of ministry, a life of faith, a life of being fully attuned to what God intends for the individual and and what it is that we are gifted in order to live into that. And that is the Holy Spirit. Right, It's the Holy Spirit that descended like a dove upon Jesus and, and really kind of rounds out this idea of the, the presence of God through the Son with the power of the Holy Spirit. So we have this in mind, that this was the beginning, right? And then we fast forward where Paul is interacting with, the, with those um, in Ephesus, We know that there is a letter written to the church in Ephesus, Ephesians. It's probably one of the first um, well-circulated writings of the New Testament, and it was rich with theology and Acts is telling the story of the church. And we begin Acts with the day of Pentecost, which we celebrate in May-ish, and the date is moving, but we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit, and this is what harkens back and keeps in mind, that that Spirit came down and alighted upon the people gathered here, that they all heard the words in their own native tongues. It was, um, we saw tongues of fire, right? And that is the same imagery that we hear and we see when we hear this account of Paul to those in Ephesus. And and Paul asks a legitimate question, in what baptism do you claim, right? Who baptized you? And they said, well, we were baptized in John's name. But remember, what was at the heart of John's purpose of baptizing? Was confession of sins and to be cleansed by water, but it was missing something, wasn't it? What was it missing? The Holy Spirit. So Paul says to them, Well, you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus. And so they were. And upon them came the Holy Spirit, just as it did on that day of Pentecost. And then they were fully integrated into the family of God. And so for us, when we think about baptisms, the this this story is so rich. And it, and it reminds us of all the places where water is important for life, right? That we know that we are thirsty and we need the, the living water. And that living water is found in Christ Jesus. But it also forces us to say, what is the purpose of baptism? Baptism. How do we understand it? And I'm looking around here, and I can probably tell you that for every person sitting in here, you have a different understanding of what baptism is, that maybe you've experienced in a different way. And just out of curiosity, how many of you were baptized at an age that you remember being baptized? Okay, put your hands down. How many of you were baptized at an age that you would not remember having been baptized? Okay, so we see even there, remembering or not remembering, and and I don't want to call anybody out, but there may be a few of you here who haven't been baptized yet, right? Right? Well, and and that's when we can look to the Father and say, can you please tell me if I was baptized or not? But I'm sure you are very well pleased and love your child. Yes. Um, So so we do that, right? Because if we don't remember, who was the person who would have taken us to be baptized? Our parents, right? Um, That it would have been on them. But, you know, within the life of the United Methodist Church, our baptism, yes, um, you know, can happen at any age, and if we are at an age where we can't speak for ourselves, it's the parents who bring the child, but it's also the whole community that takes responsible for that baptism. And so, um, that means that if we baptize Elise, you're, you can speak for yourself, um, and I'm not going to carry you around the sanctuary as we sing, child of blessing, child of promise, that would be truly awkward. Um, But as a community, we would be committed to helping Elise grow in her faith, to walk in the ways that lead to true life, right? That it doesn't fall solely upon her shoulders. It is one of the collective of the community to help everyone in that work, right? Um, But we can't do it alone. We need the gift of the Holy Spirit, right? Um, And our baptismal covenants, at least for Methodists, is a one and done. It is a sacrament of the church. There are only two in the United Methodist Church. It is a one and done, meaning that if you are baptized as a baby, if you are baptized as a child, if you are baptized as an adult, if you are baptized as you near the end of your life, it is one and done. Because it's not the action of humans involved in that baptism. It is what God is doing through that baptism. It's not dependent upon the person. It's dependent upon the action of God. And when we think about that, yes, there's the element of forgiveness of sins, right? But ultimately, our forgiveness of sins is done because Jesus died on the cross for us. So our baptisms is really to wash us clean and fill us with the Holy Spirit. That's why we always say, having been water washed and Spirit born, we become incorporated into God's family that we all are recognized as precious children of God. And it also enables us to live into the baptismal promises either made on our behalf or that we make on our own or as we reaffirm as a community together. That we will uphold and live into the life and work of Jesus. And and in this community particularly, that we will be present, right? That we will give, we will serve, we will pray for one another, We will help bring this community closer to that image of the kingdom of God that God so desires for us. And at the root of it all is the love of God. That we receive the love of God, that we are then filled and able to pour out that love to others, that they too may come to know the gift of love, of grace, and of mercy. So why say this? Well, for a lot of us, we think, um, okay, we do this every year, right? But how much time transpires between one baptism of the Lord Sunday and the next baptism of the Lord Sunday that sometimes we may take meandering paths and, you know, go over here and not pay attention to what God is asking of us and maybe we get a little bit closer and, and, and we lose our way, maybe, or we find it hard to be faithful, to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, to be intentional about our faith formation, about our discipleship. So we need, as a community, because our memories are so short, we need a time to remember. We need a time to refresh. We need a time to renew. We need a time to reconnect We need a time to re-empower. We need a time to re-engage. We need this opportunity to be restored to the image of the divine to which we all are. So we give thanks for John the Baptist. We give thanks for Jesus who modeled a baptism. We give thanks for Paul that tells us, hey, in whose name have you been baptized? So today we remember that we are baptized in Christ's name, that we are water-washed and spirit-born, that we are poured out abundantly with the Spirit, that we are baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen.